Hello and welcome back to the Aligned Podcast, a place where we have honest and open conversations about personal development, business and self-mastery. Today we are going to be talking about being the class clown. I'm joined as always by my co-host Tom Waller. Good morning, Tom. Morning, Lee. How's it going? Good, mate. What's new with you? Uh, Just moved house. Um, Totally wiped from five days of just carrying heavy stuff around. But, Did I offer the help and you just, you know? Yeah, I know. I know I, I had people helping me. Nice. But I had a different person helping me on days. I, my brother came and then Luke gave me a hand one day. Um, and then my other brother helped me get the gym. But I had stuff scattered everywhere. I had yeah. storage units. My gym was at someone else's house. I had stuff at my house, stuff at the office. It's yeah. an epic house. It's nice to be in one place again. It is an epic house and, and, I, and I love it. So. What do you like about it? What's, what's your favourite, what's your top three things about your MTV crib? Having space again to think, I've said saying to you before that I feel like my mind is just yeah. able to spread out. Um, the garden is yeah. is nice, um, and seeing Law and Lola happy, mate. That's nice. they're the best things. Um, so yeah, I'm buzzing. I got, I got a smile on my face because soon as you empty your cribs, what, they always do that thing, don't they? Shade they go to the, the bedroom. No, they go oh, to the right. bedroom, and this is where the magic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, every time. <laughs> So cliche, isn't it? You remember that program? Yeah, Chris? yeah. And Pimp yeah. My Ride. Did you ever watch Pimp My Ride? Yeah, yeah. Westwood had it for years. Didn't yeah. It? And then Exhibit took over. Oh, that was cool. Anyway, anyway. we digress. That was when I was a class clown. And yeah, same. You were too. Um, this, the reason this topic came up uh, for me is I recently got a message uh, out of the blue from someone who is a teacher at the school I used to go to. Uh, saying that my old rugby coach is leaving and they were asking for some videos to to send to him say thank you. Mm-hmm. Now this chap, I used to, I really excelled at rugby at school. There was me and two other guys really in the team who were um, of, a, of a very high standard. And we just, we just love and we just used to win and win and win. It was great. But this teacher taught me a very strong lesson at one point. As I said, there were three of us who were the best players in the team and it was the final game the final game of my school, my school. Big one. Yeah, big one. And yeah. I remember we were playing Malvern, which is a fancy school uh, as well. Fancy posh boys. Posh <laughs> boys school. And we, we were playing Malvern and I had messed about. I pissed around in the in the practice session, like really like an absolute tool that I was. Um, and he said, you dropped. He said, you're not playing the final game. And that was such a big thing for me because mm. the thing that I lived for at school mm. was rugby. Mm. And this was the final game of my entire school career um, and I wasn't allowed to play in the game. Mm. And it really hit me. And I, I, I still, only relatively recently, have probably lost the bitterness of that. What was your response to him? Did you kick off? Did you? I, was, I, I don't really know my response. What I do know is that I played for the seconds that day and I scored five tries and was told to stop scoring. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so that was probably my response of, fuck you. Um, yeah. But what, what I probably learned in that situation, I'm, I'm so grateful to you know, Paul Jocelyn. I hope he gets a chance to listen to this because I'm so grateful to you for, for that lesson. Um, you taught me that being a class clown doesn't get you anywhere. Mm. Like, it, we're going to talk about maybe there's some advantages to it, mm. but... There's, there comes a time in life where you have to stop being the class clown yeah. and take things seriously. Yeah. And I think him doing that to me at that time was actually a very valuable lesson. Yeah. Uh, and the emotional annoyance and heartache that it actually did cause me, um, 
has served me well in the long run, I think. Yeah. Um, why Why do you think you were the class clown then? Why do you, why do you reckon you did Totally that? corrupt from insecurities. Right. Totally. Yeah. Like, I think we talked about it before. Like, there was a situation where I was bullied and dad said, you got to fight back. And I had mm-hmm. a big fight back. Yeah. And from then, I, I kind of became the bullish. And I suppose I thought to myself, if I go in this room hard, mm. no one's going to come back at me. Mm-hmm. So if I go in as the clown, like, you, you literally can't, yeah. Take the mick out of me. You can't. You can't call me out. I'm the biggest and the loudest and the most obnoxious here. Mm. Like, you, you can't touch me. Yeah. And I suppose it was a defensive mechanism I think on the is. offensive. I think it is for most people. I was the massively the class clown. I used to get thrown out of class all the time. Um, but I went to probably the polar opposite of school to what you went yeah. to. It was like rough public, like just yeah, in Horncastle and. Um, Yes, like students used to beat the teachers up at my school, and uh, it was yeah. it was rough. And I, I was quite I was quite a, a a soft kid actually. Like I I wasn't like bullish or anything. And I think I used to be able to make people laugh, and it was sort of my way of getting people on side when I was at, yeah. at that school. So yeah, I think I put on a bit of a, a front at school and. And if you can make people laugh, they like you. Or is that defensive thing, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Come on, my team. But yeah, like you said, there are some benefits. And I think there is a lot to be said for being able to make people laugh. I think it's I think it's a good thing. But it certainly sends you well socially. There's like, times, there is... I think it's okay to do it when you're young. But it when people get into their 20s and their 30s and they're still like the joker and the class clown and they're not taking life seriously i think that's when it starts to become a i problem. think there's a difference between being a joker and being humorous yeah and being a funny person yeah. and a yeah. light-hearted person yeah. yeah so i will i will still to this day take the mick out myself i'll yeah. still you know i like to I, I like to scare my team like it's stupid i love that yeah. i, 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 I love scare the people. shit out of my team yeah. like i hide in cupboards i'll yeah. turn lights out like you know, <laughs> only the patient saw what went on yeah. in that place yeah. after hours. I've got it great because Law's the most jumpy person <laughs> on the planet. So I don't even have to do much. I can oh, just dude. hide behind a door and go, all right, Law. And she's like, ah! It's <laughs> you brilliant. Know, you know Sam? Yeah. So Sam is an awesome uh, uh, CA of ours. He's uh, studying to be a chiropractor and he will be a fantastic chiropractor no in doubt. the future. But he's so jumpy, dude. Is oh, he? it's hilarious. <laughs> it's hilarious. Um, so yeah, I, I, there's still that humour in there. There's still that fun, that jovial, yeah. like let's let's make life, like, don't I love I love this rule number nine of the Palmer Chiropractic College, uh, which is one of the original schools for chiropractic, mm-hmm. was don't take yourself too damn seriously. Yeah, and I think that's a really truism uh, yeah. for how we should live our life. We shouldn't be so serious. However, like you said, there does come a time where you need to stop being the fool mm. and get on with it. Mm-hmm. And I suppose we were just talking before we started the show, like. Neither of us learned this. Like I didn't learn that from that lesson in my final year of school. No. Like I continued to be a dick for years. Yeah. Like really, uh, and I, I think you said similar to you. But yeah, I suppose when when did you first think actually now I need to like buck up my ideas and do something here? It was probably like my mid to late twenties, to be honest. I it was when I was working that job, and I realised if I carry on with what I'm doing, I'm just going to be miserable and when I had that like breakdown, basically I I think I really decided to start taking life seriously. And I don't think, I agree, I don't think you should take yourself too seriously, but I do think that we should take life seriously. Yeah. Because it's short, and I think 
a lot of people underestimate how short it is. I was talking to lawyers there, like the years are going fast. I was talking to my mentor the other day, and he's he, um, a coach of mine, uh, Lawrence, and he, um, he was, one of his friends wrote a book called 18 Summers. Mm-hmm. Of the 18 summers that he had with his kid, mm. like, that's just 18, that's, mm. that's only 18, that's not a lot it's of, not. it's not a lot. No. Like, and if we fall around and, and yeah. piss about, then we, you know, I, I'm thinking at the moment, like I've taken, I'm fortunate to, to own my business to be able to reduce my hours to take paternity. Mm. And I, I took it from the due date stupidly. I've had three weeks of reduced hours, knowing that in a week or so's time, I'm going to go back to work full hours. Mm. Like when I'm in practice, it's at least 14 hours out of the house. Mm-hmm. I'm like, Jesus, that's a lot of time I'm not going to see my kid. Mm. And it, it comes to light, you know, when you have to start taking things a bit more seriously. And, and it is only, like you say, only 18 summers, but not only that, as you get older, because one year is less of the percentage of your entire life, when you was five, a year was a fifth yeah. of your life. So it seemed like it took ages. Yeah. When you're 40, a year is a tiny, much smaller yeah. proportion of your life. So they go by like that, like yeah. that, like that. So not only do you not have that many years, but those years seem to be quicker as yeah. you get older. So everybody you speak to who's in their later years in life will we'll say the same thing. It was only five minutes ago. I was eighteen. Yeah. I'm still eighteen in my head, and it was and, and time goes by like that. And I think if you take you, if you take that seriously, you can do your stuff and enjoy your life yeah. as well. Like, yeah. I think it comes back to that. Yeah. We did an episode recently on on calling out your bullshit. Mm. Like, get your non-negotiable stuff done. Mm. Like, take seriously where you want to go. What do you want to achieve? Like, you choose how you want the rest of your life to go. Yeah. Um, whether it's set your own business up or move up the career ladder, you choose, do the work to make it go there mm. and then enjoy the time that you get with that. Yeah. But I mean, I certainly didn't learn this lesson overnight. I was, I, I remember the time that, that turned me was my 30th birthday and I sat there at my desk and I was, I was doing some work and I just sat back and I had this thought flash into my head and it went, I'm a third of the way through my life and mm. what have I got to show for it? Mm-hmm. And that really hit me. And up until that point, I've been earning good money as an associate. I'm talking really good money and spanking it, mm. like on the booze, out with the lads. Yeah. And this was like, and do you know what's really, this is really harsh truth. Sarah and I uh, were in the relationship at the time. I was boozing, having a great time. She's still working shifts as a police officer, often working nights over the weekend. Mm. And I'm just fucking up having a great time. Mm-hmm. Lessons learned though. You have to go through these. I know you have to, to go through, lessons. but dude, like, how much further along could could I be if I'd learned? And I and I know we have to have our foolery, we have to have our, yeah. our time. But I'd say to these people who, and I do coach a lot of people who are at that point where I was, mm. enjoy your time while you're there. Yeah. But also start to put in some foundations to really accelerate yourself forward. Yeah. Because if maybe if I'd invested half the money that I was spanking or booze in, mm. in let's say crypto or property at that time, mm-hmm. I'd be. Well over a million. Yeah. When people say, oh, what would you change if you could go back and change anything? Nothing. Nothing. I wouldn't change anything no. because it's made me into exactly the person I am and I'm happy with who I am and I wouldn't want to change anything. Um, could I have started getting serious a bit earlier? Yes. But was I ready to? No. So I think everything happens at the right time. And when you was 30, you felt like, oh, what have I got to show for it? But you had a lot 
to show for it. You'd yeah. learned so many lessons. You'd been trained as a chiropractor. You you had your skill that was going to catapult you forwards. And I think it's easy to be hard on yourself when you when you got to thirty and think, Where, what have I done? Because you're a high achiever. Yeah. But I think you. But I, I think you were in a we, good place. We are talking to those people who that seed is starting to, or that that thought is starting to percolate yeah. in their mind. They're like, maybe I do need to start taking stuff seriously. Yeah. If you're at that point, yeah. Now is the time. It's the time, yeah. It is the yeah. time. And I think you'll know when, when you get there. And I think probably people get there at different times, but everybody gets there at some point. I was late I was late maturer. I was always quite mentally young for my age. Yeah. Even when I was at secondary school, I was always quite young um, mentally, I think. Yeah. Um, so it took me quite a bit longer as well. I was like 27, 28 before I started to like think, right, I need to fucking do some shit here. Yeah, just saying all the funny, like, fucking, I... When you say like the sort of mentally behind, I I definitely was. I remember being at school. Everyone's in the exam hall for the maths test, and they ask they start. Does anyone want to do the lower tier maths test? You can only get a C in this test. I'm the only guy who puts my hand up. And goes, Fuck yeah, let's go! <laughs> <laughs> and I remember doing French. The, I don't know whether your school was the same, but there were sets like yeah. you were really good. Yeah, I was in the bottom set, dude. It was a bit of an international school. I was doing French with the Chinese people who were li- they were literally <laughs> on their third or fourth language. And I'm speaking French, uh, English in a French accent. <laughs> it's just it's funny because French was I was in the top set for French. So in the first three years at school, I was in top set for everything. Yeah. Um, but then I got in with some wrong crowds, and I just it all started to go downhill. Yeah. But exams, I'd do really well in, and I'd get really good grades. But then 50% of my mark was coursework. I didn't do any, any, not a single piece of coursework in my whole, because you only have it in the last three years at school I went to. I didn't do any, but I was always in top set for French. I've always been good at languages and my highest GCSE grade was in French and it was a D. That's, Come on. Honestly, I, my, I got E's, F's. I didn't do any coursework. Um, I just school like this is why I was the class clown as well. Another reason people are the class clown at school, I think, is for me. I knew from a very young age that me and school were not made. Yeah. I don't fit in them boxes that they tried to put yeah. me in, and so I just fucked about. I just I knew it was a joke. School for me was a place to go and see my mates. That's yeah. all it was, and I and I did not care about any of it. I knew that I was not gonna go to college. I knew that I, I just didn't want to be in education. I hate to be told where to be at what time. I hate to be told what I've got to do. So I'm self-employed now. That's why I own my own business. So what lessons have you taken from that that have probably helped you? Because I reckon, I, I don't know, like, and I can I can say completely opposite as well. Like, if you look at some of your friends, are they still in that situation? I mean, but I can look at the other end. I can look at myself who went to a really good school and there are people in my class who are now in prison, mm. who mm. are down and out. Yeah. You know, like, so it doesn't necessarily matter mm. the start. Yeah. But what maybe the lessons that you've taken from that that have helped you move forward? Um, well, I don't, I'm not, I don't speak to, I don't, I'm not friends of anybody I went to school with anymore. Mm-hmm. I don't see anybody who I went to school with. Um, <clears throat> but lessons that I learned. Um, or traits that from being a class clown have actually helped you? Yeah, I think just, um, Critical thinking, thinking outside the box, creative thinking, I think they are all combined with it. I think not, like knowing that I'm not to be fit into any box, like 
and, yeah. I, and, I, and I'm not now. Like I won't do as I'm told. I, yeah. I'm like not an anarchist, but I'm a massively critical thinker. I will never do anything without thinking it through for myself, just because someone else says to do it. But that's that's a, a huge thing for me. That. I think it's very similar for me. Like that, that's very true. And also, I think you mentioned it before. I think it makes you socially better. Yeah. Like I think a class clown can read the room quite mm. well. They might not be able to read yeah. the situation when the teacher comes yeah. in, but they can read the yeah. room and be able to draw people mm. of different yeah. ilk into yeah. into yeah. the same situation. I think also the teacher as well. I always knew how much I could get away with every teacher. Yeah. yeah. I always knew which teachers I could wind up to the max. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I knew which teachers wouldn't wouldn't deal with it. Um and. I always got sent out oh in the end. I, I spent, I think, I spent more time stood outside a classroom door than I did inside a classroom. School's bullshit. Isn't it? Total bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm like just the, thinking about it, like it, some of the. Like, but that school system won't be a thing in ten, twenty years. No way. It can't be. My kids definitely will not go to no, to, a, to a school. Not a normal conventional school. school. No, it's just no. I just remember you go to a classroom, rank and file. Sit down. Shut up. Fuck all. Yeah. Sit down. Shut up face forward do as you're told ask to go to the toilet I was just like fuck you and no it's, way and it's also um, you know what's the correct answer to this question well it's the, it's the one we've been told not necessarily the truth yeah and this is also another thing that's, that really bugs me and you see in the tertiary education system so like university systems and something I've I've actually been quite vocal against and tried to try to stop in, in chiropractic Tertiary education is meant to be self-discovery, self-led mm. yeah. to your conclusions, mm -hmm. education. Mm. Not, this is what I tell you, this is what you write. Yeah. That's, sec that's secondary education, that's schooling. Yeah. But so often now, tertiary education has turned into exactly the same system mm. where it's just churning out robots with no uh, creative thinking, no independent thinking, no, no questioning. No. And you, you wonder why you put some kind of... You, like I see these, these students, they put a patient in front of them and they're like, uh, one plus one doesn't equal two, what do I do here? Yeah, this wasn't in the textbook. But um, it's like business school when they have somebody teaching you who's never had a business. And all they're doing is reading 10 pages ahead of the class in, mm. in the textbook. Mm. Or philosophy, people go and study philosophy but they don't get taught how to think philosophically or how to be wise or how to think critically. They just get taught what other philosophers said. said. It's and it's like, what ridiculous. the fuck? I know. So, and philosophy is the biggest one because philosophy is the search of wisdom. Yeah. Like it's, you're meant exactly. to be thinking for yourself. Yeah. So, um, but like the schooling system was created a very long time ago for a particular reason by a particular group of people to keep everybody else dumb. They don't want people who can think. They want people who can do as they're told. Yeah. And luckily for me, I just always knew that. I, I could just always see through it. Um, and that's why I think it gets me in trouble now because I'm so far, I think so far out of the box. But I'm well, I suppose the lessons in that are so like, pleased. don't take yourself too seriously, Yeah. number one. And critically think. Yeah. And if you do want some school and you do want to learn, find someone who's actually doing what you want to achieve yes. yeah. uh, and do it. So if you're a chiropractor, come to the Lifetime uh, Patients event yep. in September. Mm -hmm. Lee's going to be speaking there, which is extraordinary. Mm -hmm. um, but learn from someone who's actually doing it. And yeah. you, you also see this in, in coaching. Like you see people who are, who, are, who are coaching who've not necessarily... And you don't have to be... 
the best in the world. The best in the world, no. the multimillionaire entrepreneur. Yeah. Like, yeah. you just have to have walked the path. Yeah. Um, and help people think and, and get to their, their conclusions. So, yeah. I, I enjoyed that conversation, actually. I'd, I'd love to have had a video camera on you at school. Mm-hmm. Well, I suppose that was the blessing, actually. There were no cameras, yeah. there were no phones. Honestly, it was, yeah. Because I sat in the queue funny. yesterday, we put a traffic stopped us in front of a, um, a, a level crossing the other day. It was so nice. I said to Sarah, look at that. And everybody stood waiting for the train to go past, which just stood looking around. Mm. No one got their phone out. Wow. And I thought, that's cool. You don't see that very often. No. Um, yeah, different world, wasn't it? Growing up, just yeah. such a different world. Yeah. Yeah, like I was watching a thing the other day and the guy was, uh, it was Andrew Tate actually, and he was talking about um, the we're the last generation of people who grew up without the internet. And it's yeah. it's huge. That is a huge, huge, huge thing. Did and to, to be that last generation who actually played outside and... I think we need to reinstill that. And I've said to Law, there's no way my kid's gonna have an iPad in front of it, sat at like a pacifier, shut up and watch that iPad. It's just not gonna happen. Do you remember going to part like, like gatherings? Uh, we always used to get the talk on the way there. Mm. So you're gonna say hello to the people, you're gonna be polite to the people, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and you, you're, not, you're not gonna kick off. Yeah. And we did. We, always, we spoke to the like yeah. that. My mum was always getting compliments on our manners because she drilled them into us. Our manners, manners, manners don't cost anything. Manners don't cost anything. Until I had e numbers at the birthday party when I yeah, turned into a demon. <laughs> but my used to come then, back. what do parents do? Take you home. Yeah, I, she used to come back. Everybody would be sat watching telly, and I'd be like bouncing off the walls. I was so allergic to artificial preservatives. <laughs> if I had like Smarties or cake, yeah, Smarties or used to get me. They were the Fucking thing. Hell, that got I me. was wild. Like my, my mom would have to come and get me. And like, dude, <laughs> we should do a show and have a bo- bottle of Smarties each before. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought he was going to say get our mums in again to tell some stories. My mum's got some stories. I don't think my oh, my mum would just crumble. <laughs> um, anyway, right. uh, thanks for listening to the show again today. I hope that's entertained you as well as informed you today. A little bit of an insight into mm. into Lee and I's interesting and sometimes dark past. Um, once again, if you have any questions for the show, please feel free to, to send them into our social medias at Abandon Average or at Dr. Tom Waller. Um, and we'll see you again on another great episode of the Align Podcast. Lee, good to see you. Thank you very much. <laughs>